Marcus, man, what's up? We're recording. What is up? How's everything? How's everything? How's life? Let's get it. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. Uh, you know, like probably the last time I saw you was maybe 2013, right before I went to Afghanistan. Uh, me and you were training at Jiu-Jitsu Nations together. Uh, I think you end up having to go off somewhere to go do uh, platoon start time or something like that. But uh, we have a little bit of history together. We used to beat each other up, or you used to beat me up. Um, but you know, we used to train hard, almost you know as many days a week as we possibly could, depending on what the army would allow us. But uh, you know, I'm excited. I hadn't seen you in a while, and one of the cool things about having my own podcast is I can pick and choose who my guests are. And I usually just pick my old friends I haven't talked to in such a long time. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, man. And we used to we used to give each other lickings, man. Like we used to beat down on each other. But I, it was, that was the fun thing. That's the fun. Yeah. Your friends, your best friends are the guys you can beat up, man. Right. All right. Well, um, you're new to the podcast. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of just uh, who you are, what you've done, and just some simple things that are going on in your life right now. Just yeah. To... yeah, totally. Totally. Well, I, like you said, my name is Marcus Daniels. Um, I, I was a, a longtime military veteran, got out of the Army, retired from the Army, and then, uh, you know, I am I'm a father of seven kids. Jeez. And, uh, you know, having seven kids has been, been quite the challenges. But uh, I currently live in Portland, Oregon. Um, some of some of the past things that I've done, you know, as a professional fighter, MMA fighter, um, you know, got got pretty far in it. But then at the same time, I, you know, there's a couple of things I had to realize. Uh, brown belt in jujitsu, and dude, all around, man, all around, nice guy. I'm a nice yeah. guy. That's all right. Well, let's start back to. Well, actually, wait, we already introduced your family. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's start back to because I think you got a pretty good story. You know, we've had some uh, conversations back in the day. Uh, there's a reason why we got into mixed martial arts or got into martial arts, uh, and everyone has everyone has their own reason. But you know, you know, martial arts is a good tool for people to use to get through some some tough shit in life. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and start back to like, how was Marcus when he was a kid? What was your what was your child like? Oh, childhood life. Uh, well, uh, I'm a half black. I'm, uh, I'm the product of uh, of uh, I'm, well, I'm a half breed. My mom is from American Samoa. And uh, first time ever being coming to the country, she joined the military so she can leave. You know, uh, Samoa is like a third world country almost. But I mean, it's it's starting to come up and do its thing. But still, yeah, you have that small island mentality. And then my dad is from Georgia. Um, you know, he's from this country in Georgia. He joined the military. They met in the military, and uh, so so from there they created this specimen, me and my brother. And uh, and then, yeah, then after that, man, childhood was really good. My parents got divorced, part of the divorce. And then, you know, once they got divorced, uh, you know, my mom got remarried. And, you know, life was tough after that. And then, you know, and then so as, as you grow up, you kind of learn to grow up real quick because you start looking after your little brother. You start looking after – you start to take on a different role. You know, first right. you try to be the, to be the support for your mother, you know what I mean, for your parents that are grieving and hurting. And, and then sometimes you get dragged in between both of them. And then from that – uh, dude, and then once she got married, like, that was a different, different story, so then I started having younger brothers, half-brothers, you know, half-brothers and sisters, which we don't really consider each other half, I mean, we're, like, full, that is my brother, that's, you know, like, like I said, we love each other, and so I'm the oldest of six kids, and then, you know, childhood, man, I just grew up banging, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was the kid, I was the kid that, that, you know, that all the parents, Parents loved me, man. All, right, all the right. parents say, like, "Why don't you be more like Marcus?" Right. My friends would be like, "Yo, mom, you know, <laughs> you don't know Marcus the way I know Marcus." And so I was that kid. Yeah. Now, you know, you also doing? Did you now? You joined the army at young, at what, 18, 19 years old? 
Was there any reason? Would you have a hard time in high school where you like the, you know, the, the, the routine or not the routine, but like the cliche of like, you know, I was a troubled youth. Uh, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do in my life. I uh, was in and out of trouble. And next thing I know, I'm standing on yellow footprints in, you know, Paris Island or Georgia or wherever. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, you know, part of the, the military was just an escape. You know, I grew up in Army Town. I was stationed over at Fort Lewis. Well, I'm from Fort Lewis, Washington. I'm from Lakewood, Washington. And it's kind of a tough area. In 19, around, around, right around 1996, like, that legit was a tough area. And, you know, things just got really bad at home, you know do all that but deep down inside i had the deep-seated thing that i wanted to serve you know i, I i'm a patriot at heart you know like you know red white and blue i got tattooed on me you know what i mean like I, i'm just one of those guys but then i just wanted to serve you know i wanted to get away because i already knew that if i would have if i didn't get away then i would have ruined any opportunity that right. i had from the military um and so yeah dude i had to get away from that and honestly my home situation was shit and so excuse my language but it was uh, we, we, we cuss on the show Okay, cool. And so home situation was bad. And, you know, really, we just lived a mediocre lifestyle. And that was just something I wanted to do something different. And so I told my mom, I was 17 years old, the recruiter called me. <laughs> they came to take the ASVAB test and I was sleep. I slept through all the ASVAB, but <laughs> the math and the math and the English, those are my favorite things. I was a smart kid in school. But uh, school was boring. It wasn't challenging for me. man. it's just right. Garbage. And so I slept through all everything on the on the test, but my math and English score was super high. So they called me up and they said, your son can do anything he wants to. And my mom was like, okay. And I told my mom I was going to go be a dental hygienist. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came home, signed the contract. She's looking at the contract from Infantry Airborne Ranger. I'm like, yep. yeah, let's go. Now, were you, were you an athlete in high school? Yeah, yeah, I wrestled in high school. I played uh, baseball, baseball throughout my, my childhood. Uh, baseball and football, really good. Um, and I played volleyball on the side, and yeah, man, but wrestling was my thing. Well, besides wrestling, were you in any other, like, martial arts? Because we all know that eventually you went down the martial arts route. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I was a broke kid. No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't pay for that, and so, like, my mom wasn't doing that. And then, you know, I had all the hand-me-down football stuff, you know, so wrestling was good. My first, I remember my first wrestling match, man. I was in, I was in Germany because my mom was in the military. My first wrestling match, bro. Like I didn't have wrestling shoes. Didn't know what wrestling shoes were, you know. <laughs> like they just knew that I was a light kid. I was 103. I was 99 pounds. They needed a 103 pounder. I said, yeah, come out. So I went on the floor. I went on the mat with some. So I don't know if you remember these shoes, man, but they were Magic Johnson. He had a, he had a purple, yellow, and white uh, set of, of, of. Uh, basketball shoes yeah i know what you're talking about yeah. but i now that you say it, but it took me a while but yeah I, I remember exactly what you're talking about yeah so i had those little cheap ass shoes man but i, I thought i was flying bro <laughs> all right so yeah you joined the army uh i, I know i know that you uh you were ranger battalion right yeah i know well how was how was your uh, initiation into army life bro i got beat up i yeah. got beat up bad man i got and, and when i say beat up not physically wise but you know like, it was tough, man. They, everybody knew, like, drill sergeants knew, um, you, got, you got a ranger contract. I went to Candyland. I was infantry, man. I went to Candyland, 1-5 infantry. Or not 1-5, but I forget what it was. I forget. Delta Company, 119. Anyways, it was called Candyland back in the day. But they was like, oh, you going to be a ranger? Oh, I don't know about that. You know, I was like, what? It's like, so they would smoke the dog shit out of me. So then they passed me off to the, to the airborne instructors. 
and they would smoke the dog shit out of me. Every day I was getting smoked, right? And every day, Daniels, do push-ups, right? So then there's like, okay, so then I go to Ranger Indoctrination Programs back in 96. And so Ranger Indoctrination Program, they hand me over. It's like, here, this guy smoked the dog shit out of him, you know? And so that's what they did, man. They smoked me, and they got me good. And then um, so I was partnering up my Ranger buddy, was this kid who was this recycle, this guy named David Deal, which still good friends to this day, man. But we used to get scuffed up because <laughs> he was a recycle, man. Every day we get scuffed up, man. I made some really good friends. Um, we all ended up getting, I, I met my boy Fusco. Um, we all ended up going to second radio battalion back in Fort Lewis, yep. which was the worst mistake ever made, bro. You didn't like it. No, I was from, damn, I'm from Lakewood. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got sent home, you know what I mean? I got sent home, but now I'm in this compound, this ranger compound, and I can't go across the street, and I want to go across the street, you know, because all the little girls, you know, uh, it was pretty bad. But then, um, no, it was super cool, man. But then, like, the indoctrination into the military, you know what I mean? Like, it was pretty bad. There's not a, first off, there's not a lot of, you know, you know, chocolate dude, dark-skinned dudes. Especially, Ranger especially in Ranger Battalion, right? Yeah, man. And so, like, that was tough. Like, that was tough. You know, they they, they pull. I remember them pulling me off to the side of rip. They was like, hey, you just need to keep your head down, and you just need to do it. I get up there. I talk to my first sergeant. I talk to my first sergeant at the time. He became a sergeant major. He became a sergeant major later on. But I talked to my first sergeant at the time. He was like, hey, I don't hear no excuses about anything. You better suck it up, and you just better drive on. Don't let them make you quit. I was like, okay, cool. And so yeah, it was tough, man. Oh, you're talking about that was also the like mid '90s, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, things were things were still a little bit different back then too. I mean. Yeah, and so and yeah, and that's the funny thing is that before hazing and harassment became a big thing. Right. Oh, bro, we used to get hazed and harassed, and I loved it. I mean, like, yeah, I loved it. I used to talk so much shit, man. Like, it, it's just who I was, you know. Uh -huh. I loved that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I used to get smoked. I mean, two o'clock in the morning smoked i mean there were privates there were privates that would piss in the bottle because they didn't want to go by go use the bathroom because mm -hmm. the trains were right across from the spec four mafia's room and yeah. so like they did not want to go down so, man, you <laughs> so i mean was it when we when you first came in was did you know it was gonna be something you were gonna do you know for life did you know that you were gonna you're gonna do it for as long as you did was it something you you fell in love with um, you know, when I first got in, honestly, I knew that I, I, I anticipated three years. I signed up on only three years. And then, um, from there, you know, I, man, I had aspirations, man. I want to be a colonel. I wanted to do all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But then we make decisions along the way that yeah, yeah, yeah. eat our progress. And, and so like, I remember, you know, like I was a, I was a private E2 for two years, you know, and that's automatic promotion. That's a six month automatic promotion, you know, but I was, right not me man i made it tough and so um they kept me from going to ranger school you know and it's like oh yeah you can't go to ranger school you're not gonna make it this and that you know you can't even do this you can't even yeah man please just send me to ranger school man and so finally finally i ended up leaving uh, ranger battalion and, and then going down to the 25th infantry and then from there the 25th from there you know six months later they sent me to ranger school they promoted me in a pfc and then they sent me to ranger school, and I go down to ranger school. My first son at the time, he's like, hey, don't you come back without that tab. I was like, shit, I didn't plan on it, you know? Like, I'm going to get my tab. And so, yeah, six months later, man, I get my ranger tab, and, and I come back. I'm this young, 
19, 19, 20 year old, you know, Ranger tab, you know what I'm saying? Got my beret on and stuff like that. Just a beast, bro. Beast. But uh, yeah, man, I had aspirations. Honestly, I wasn't going to stay long, but you know, like I said, you get married and you know, I got married young and at that point it was like, okay, well shit, I need to stay here for my kids and so on and so forth. And yeah. So you were you were the uh, like the we'll go a cliche again because you know you got a lot of cliches in the military, uh, but you're that you're that young private or PFC that was married with two kids, uh, 20 years old. Yeah, bro. Living in living in base housing, can barely afford. Yeah, broke yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and and legit, man, legit. I was. I mean, like subsequently, I got promoted. You know what I mean to E4, then E5. You know what I mean. It, it all came quick, man. I was E5 in three years and. And then, you know, E E six and and um in five, but then what does that do for you? It really doesn't do anything because No, it doesn't. The army doesn't teach you number one how to manage, especially if you're making young, dumb decisions. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing if I ever could ever go back and you know, um I've mentored a lot of people to join the military and that's the main thing I taught them about budgeting and about, you know, saving money and doing all that kind of stuff, man, because you're right. And and <laughs> I kind of have a I was a young E five you know, 20-year-old E5, 21-year-old E5 with three kids and one on the way, you know what I mean? Because I lived that Jerry Springer life. You know, back yeah. then, that was a Jerry Springer life, bro. Right. And so that starts my journey, you know. That's that's honestly sorry my journey to staying in the military. Right. Was, you know, although none of them overlapped, you know, I was that 20-year-old PFC or, or young soldier with, three kids by three different women oh damn yeah, yeah man yeah i mean that's i guess it's weird too because you know you were probably a great team leader right mm-hmm. but but like you're uh that, that was some of the problems i had when i was i was a little bit older too when i came in the army because i went from the uh, marine corps to the army um and i didn't do, I didn't do too well in the marine corps i got in the army and i got and i was just they were just throwing rank at me um you know i went from like e5 to e6 and like like not even a year like i, I got my e5 and i was going to the uh, the e6 board like nine months later or something like that. it was whatever whatever the, the the minimum requirement was but you know the thing is i could be a good team leader i could be a good squad leader i could do i could do all the uh you know shoot movie communicate i'm up down he sees me but as far as like my home life like trying to be a dad and trying to be a good husband absolutely like, like i could be a team player here but here yeah I was, I was absolute dog shit at it yes yes and that's the thing though it is funny because i didn't realize it until a little bit later on until like right before i met you you know what i mean like I didn't realize it, but you know, like we live these, we live two separate lives coming mm-hmm. across because they throw leadership at you. They're leadership leaders. They shove that shit down your throat. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and but they don't really give you the tools to become a leader. You know what I mean? They yeah. say, oh, you have to have a good life. A lot of that, a lot. You think about it. A lot of people from the military come from, you know, semi decent conditions. You know, and I say semi decent because I'm trying to be positive. But right. a lot of these people come from shit households, you know, that that they don't know what a good proper marriage should look like. And, you know, right. so it gets the cycle just continues and continues, and, you know, and um, and like especially like now you're thrusting money. You know, there's those privates that get married for to get out of the uh, get out of the barracks, you know. Yeah. Contract, man. Some privates go marry some stripper down that they met down the road for like two months and stuff like that. Yeah. It's crazy. But for me, like. Um, I married a woman that I went to high school with, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I loved her. Like I said, we were right down the street, like, you know, right there. It was comfortable. Um, and, but at the same time, I lived with my parents. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of saved, but we didn't know what saving was because, you know, now I have this stress of having two other children's moms, right? Yeah. Plus, you know, her, my new marriage and trying to make her happy and trying to let these parents know that I'm not a dirtbag, you know what I mean? But right. at the same time, it's like there's a whole bunch of things going on, man. It was crazy. And at that age, like, especially now that, you know, we're, we're becoming older men, like, you really don't know shit at that age. Like, you, you I mean, yeah, you're, I guess you're an adult. You can buy a pack of cigarettes. You can go off. You can fight a war. And, you, but like, you don't know anything. Like, I mean, you still think, like, you're, like you're still in high school. Like, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you don't, you don't even know, how, like, you say, like, you barely know how to budget. You, uh, you're, you're drinking all the time because it's fun. And you have no idea what bad habits you're getting from that. You have no idea. Like, you're just... It, it's kind of weird because like when we look at a college kid, they go they get to go through like phases, right? They go uh, they go from high school, they fuck up in high school maybe, but you know, they make it. They go to college and they and they get in a little bit of trouble in college and they, and they learn a few lessons. And so by the time they're out of college, they're 22 and then like not all of them, but now or 22 or 24, and they're like, oh now I got this and then, and they have they had some time to like make some dumbass mistakes and now they're going to like start looking for a career and like, they, they go through this gradual progression into like becoming an adult in like their late 20s and, and the early 30s where we're like bam here's your career here's a job go out there and, 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 you know and, like here's responsibility and here's all these things it's just like i'm just a dumb 20 year old i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing nothing yeah exactly that's exactly right man and it's like and you think you know the, the leadership development courses again you're developed in all these areas, you know, especially at your job, team leader, oh, you made E4, go to PLDC or yeah. Warrior Leader course. Now you made E5, go to BNOC, you know, and then, yeah. and then you made E6 and you have all these progressional type things, but you don't have the same thing in your The house. other aspects, yeah, yeah your house, like, like your career's booming, but your, your personal, your home life is falling apart. And we yeah. know this because, I mean, like, I don't know too many soldiers, especially at those young ages, like those young uh, lower enlisted uh, or and lower NCO age that, that they had successful marriages. Very few, but they were like those those ones who just met that that right woman who was able to put up with their shit long enough for them to grow up and get their shit together. Where most of us, bam, everything just falls apart. We got two baby mamas. We're uh, we're constantly paying child support. We never have enough money. Like yeah. like I remember I remember I looked forward to deployment so I could get back on my feet because I, I would just yes. blow everything and destroy my life. Yeah, I, I would destroy my life in like year increment time. You know, I'd come home, destroy my life for a year, and go back overseas so I could get my shit back together, rebuild my my, my savings account, and pay off all my yeah. credit card bills, and you know, and, and figure out the whole child support thing. It was just a, it was a, it was a never-ending cycle. It wasn't just me. There was like tons of people doing it, and right. it, it's really weird how I could go from being a private all the way to a squad leader, and being trusted with all these responsibilities, and but. Meanwhile, my home life is just completely falling apart. Right. That's so right, man. That's so right. And, and it sucks. And, you know, but like I said, like I was saying like earlier, man, you live two different lives. You live, you have your professional life and you have your personal life. And ne very rarely did those ever intersect or run parallel, you know, or cross each other. Yeah. And it's always separate. You are, And that's you right there in the middle to try to figure it out. You know, try yeah. to figure it out. It sucks. And to be honest with you, man, like I'm going to fast forward a little bit. It wasn't until I got divorced. You know, yeah. that my personal life and my professional life mashed together because, right. you know, all of the, a lot of the issues came to the, you know, to the forefront that I was having in my personal life and they crossed over into the military. Yeah. You know, because now in order to get out for her to get out of under my wing or whatever, she had to call, you know, and then she called my damn 
battalion <laughs> commander. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which does nothing for the support of our kid. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Anyway. Yeah. No. But yeah, but I mean, you're right. Like that's that's kind of what I figured out when my when, when my ex-wife finally had enough of my shit, and you know she sent me out. Like I came out the Fort Drum by myself, you know, without her, you know, as a you know I was a was squad leader, I was staff sergeant, and I was getting ready to get looked at for E7. So I was like in that weird phase of like didn't really know, like I, I wasn't a new staff sergeant anymore, a new squad leader anymore. But I was, you know, I was I was getting groomed to be become a uh, you know sergeant first class. But I moved up here just single a bachelor you know and, and immediately what do i do like the, for the first like six months i go ape shit you know obviously feeling sorry for myself blaming everyone but myself for my failed marriages and, and you know my failure as a father you know like it's it's hurt you know just just not taking any like responsibility and I, I immediately start hitting the bottles I, I immediately start going to the bars like i'm a bachelor you know in my late 20s and i'm a you know I, i'm chasing tell i'm trying to get laid you know like and i'm doing i'm doing a pretty good job you know, yeah. like it, yeah. it, came, it came back to me, but you know, they say no, like there's no reason to, cause like that, and that's the dangerous part about it was that I could go, I could as long as I was at work on time Monday morning, and I it, all the way till Friday and I was in the right uniform. Dude, the, the military loved me. I had a good PT score. They loved me, and so the weekend I can go absolutely and just destroy myself, yeah. destroy myself, um, and make all kind of bad decisions. And eventually it caught up with me because. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really a dad. I really wasn't a husband, so I had nothing grounding me. So I just went completely apeshit, and I ended up next thing I know, I ended up in like rehab for like 21. Like the military sent me to rehab for 21 days, and you know, then I had you know, sober up for 21 days, and uh, and then have to look at yourself while your life's a mess, and like you really have to like self-diagnose everything. And you're just like, wow, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. I really got, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and that, you know, that's that's kind of like where our story kind of intertwined, because that's when, you know, when I was at rehab, I found martial arts, and as soon as I got out of martial arts, I started going to the Jiu-Jitsu Nation, and for that whole year, my life was dedicated to, like, obviously my job, but all my free time was dedicated to, uh, you know, mixed martial arts, and Jiu-Jitsu, and everything that uh, was being done at that school at the time. Right, that's right. But you know, that's it's it's a it's a it's a cruel game that we that we that we put ourselves in at those ages, but. You know, I we made it out somehow, yeah. but yeah, made it out, and, and honestly, like honestly, it's it's one of those situations where you know it was tough, man, it was tough, and, and you like I had to lose it all, right? I'd lose it all, like I lost, I lost my position, I lost my, you know, some of the accolades, I lost my wife, I lost my kids, you know, had to move all the way across the country to damn Fort Drum, the armpit of the army, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and. And, you know, get over there and start over fresh with nothing, you know, right. nothing. And, and so, like, when you lose it all, then you really start to actually put things into a better perspective as to how it, but there's no recovery. Like, just yeah. like you said, you look forward to the deployments so that way you can recover and find and gain some kind of thing. But then you get that dopamine, that little hit of, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I got this stuff. I'm good. Get cocky. And then, <laughs> dude, that same habit. You still have the same habit because when you came back, you did the same shit. You know? Yeah. So it's crazy how it works out, man. So how, so how did you how, – how did you get – get it figured out because i mean how did you get into martial arts because I, I remember talking about it with you uh, one time when we were going through that and like you, you you found martial arts uh and you didn't find it like the traditional way you found it like a rough like, rough like going to, yeah so why don't you go ahead and just go into that because i think that that's kind of a cool story yeah you know and martial arts is, is definitely one of those things like i i never like i did wrestling and i consider wrestling a martial art to be honest. Yeah, absolutely you know, i consider american wrestling to be a legit martial art that you know people excelling because there's a grind 
But you know, I remember joining the military. So as I, I had this, I had this platoon sergeant named Iron Mike Kennedy is what we used to call him. But he was a beast, man. He would show us some things in the sawdust pit, and you know, just you know, just being an angry kid, you know, I wanted a way to funnel all, a lot of my aggression, you know. And so I remember, <laughs> I remember like getting the dog shit smoked out of me, and then, um, and then you know, everybody going out to the pit. And I choked out every every damn. I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I was just out wrestling everybody. Yeah. I choked out every single private. And when I got to them, I dealt with all the privates. I called out my team leader. He didn't like that, but I called him out. And so then I looked at him. So then another squad leader looked at him and said, "Hey, are you gonna go get him?" And my team leader was like, "Nope." And <laughs> automatically he knew because he knew I would have choked. I would have choked. Oh, man, I would have killed this dude. But um. But going back to it, like, I, I, so then I always loved the fight. And so there was this show called the, um, the Tough Man Competition. And, you know, the Tough Man Competition where they would go to local casinos and stuff like that. Uh, and they would have these, the other guys who think they're tough, put on these gloves and get out there and fight. You know what I mean? And so that's what I did. And so I didn't know that they were filming it, and, you know, to be on TV. And so I went out to Coeur d'Alene from Fort Lewis to Coeur d'Alene and I ended up knocking these kids out, man. Like <laughs> it was it was so fun. But they recorded it and, and no real training, right? No real training, dude. Nothing. Just the army, you know? And I get Just in really good shape. <laughs> yeah, in real and that's it. In really good shape. And I remember I fought I fought like five times in one night. It was stupid. But um and I'm knocking this guy out. He showed up on TV, and then all of a sudden, I became the, uh, a prize fighter. You know what I mean? I became a prize fighter. And so we would go on deployments. And like we went out to, to Egypt, and my star major, you know, he was sitting there. And he would he would set up fights for me. All right, he would set up fights for me, man. I'd go out and I just fight these guys, knock everybody out. You know, he set up boxing smokers on Fort Lewis. I'd knock everybody out. You know, it's just what I knew. You know. Yeah. And so finally, like I put it down though. I put it down for a long time because my wife at the time. She didn't like the attention that I was getting, which makes sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, she liked yeah. the attention. So I quit. I quit fighting, man. I let it go. But it wasn't until we started to get divorced in 2009. I was, or when was it? 2000, when did I start? Yeah, so we started, like, things started to go wrong. You know, um, by this time I had, one, two, three, four. I had, damn, hold on, let me count my kids, man. I had five, you know, I had, shoot, I had five kids at that time. And so, um, so from there now it's now it's like okay, I'm getting divorced. It's you know like life sucks. I'm separated from my wife. You know my kids over here, and you know my other kids over here. Nobody's living with me. I'm living this you know this bachelor lifestyle. You know. Yeah. And so then you know like things could happen and, dude, I saw a poster, I saw a poster and the poster you know said hey MMA cage fights. And so I called the poster and the dude and the dude on the end, which ended up being my coach. He's like, hey, do you want to fight or do you want to train to fight? I said, like, man, I want to fight. You know, I just put me in the ring. I was like, I want to fight. He's like, do you want to fight or do you want to train to fight? I said, like, well, I, I guess I want to train to fight. And so then they took me in under their wing and trained me. And then that's what started it off, bro. I started yeah. fighting, bro. Well, you know, and then, I mean, before that, I took a jujitsu class when I was stationed in Hawaii. I took a jujitsu class at BJ Penn's Academy, you know, because uh, I was a recruiter at the time. Right. And, dude, I thought it was hot shit, man. 
I thought it was hot shit, but I was drinking like I drinking a ton. I went out to a bar, got choked out by this big old Samoan guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was, man. But no, that's how I started fighting, bro. It's divorce. Yeah. It was, it was separation. It was anxiety. It was depression. You know. Right. Um, and so I jumped into fighting, and honestly, it it kind of got me out of it. It stopped me. It slowed down my drinking. Right. You know what I mean? Because obviously, I need to stay in shape. It slowed down my drinking, and and that's how that's how the journey began. Yeah, and you, I mean, you you started fighting like you went pro pretty quick, didn't you? Too quick, way yeah. too quick. Yeah, way too quick. If I look, if that's one of the things I would change, I would change that. I wouldn't have gone pro that quick. Um, I started fighting a year. I was 29 when I started fighting, and then um, and then I got in the ring, and they were bringing champions from from back in the day. I remember my first two fights. You know, ended up knocking people out. Knocked yeah. out the first, the the second guy, the first guy I beat, but I shouldn't have beat him. Um, and then they pulled out one of their past champions to come and fight me. He beat me by a decision, but then I went on a, a, a seven fight win streak, you know. Right. And so like seven fight win streak, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go, pro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I went to the same thing, and I'm glad that I didn't, because like you know I fought, you were there. I fought. I, did, I went did uh, MMA the amateur like twice. I just there's something weird when you start when you're 29, right? Like, uh, yeah. and you're competing against, I mean, granted at that age, like you're, you're pretty much peaking as far as like athletically, um, if you know, physically, but as far as skill wise, like I remember losing the guys that were only like 21, 22 years old who had a history of wrestling and been training jujitsu for four years. I remember I got thrown into fights and I was only training for like, I think I, I say I, I started training with you guys. And I think six months later I was doing my first MMA fight. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm, now I'm glad I did it because you know, you know, the, you know, training with you guys on a daily basis, uh, the corrupt, you know, the camaraderie, you know, beating yeah. each other up, having you guys push me, you and Jamie and Mark and some of those guys, uh, you know, just beat me up and just, you know, and, 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 and like you said, when you're depressed and you're going through all that, that, that low life, you know, getting beat up and getting pushed to like physical limits is like, there's something, there's something really about that. Like something that, that I don't know what it releases in you, but like, you're not depressed anymore when you get to yeah. that. When you get that point, when you leave a good training session and you go home, you look in the mirror, you take a shirt off, you got bruises, you're looking at your fucking ripped, you know, you got like a, you got, you got a real six pack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, 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 not skinny, you know, like just real six pack, your, your weight's on point and you just, you, you feel good. And, yeah. and now, yeah, now, yeah, but you know how to fight. Yeah. It's, it's not like back in the days when, you know, when I was in like my early service days when you, we thought you could fight and you yeah. could, uh, you know, you go out to the bar fight and, you know, throw, throw fists, you know, throw, you know, fists and bones at each other. You know, this time, like I knew how to fight. Like I, I had combos, I had leg kicks, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, but stuff like that, that stuff, it changed my, uh, changed the way, like, I approached life completely. Like, I was, I was doing the right things. I was eating pretty good. I was partying maybe a little bit, but I, I was dedicated to, uh, to the martial, you know, to whatever. Like I said, it wasn't yeah. a big mixed martial arts school, but it was enough to get me through those, uh, you know, those weird days. And even though I lost those fights, I still did them. I still learned a lot yeah. from them, and now that, but I mean, like, I literally, I stood in a fucking cage across from another guy, and went right. there and, and threw and threw hands at each other, you know, until right. one of us lost. I mean, that's that's something about that that, that I think it. I'm not saying everyone should get in a cage, but I think you definitely need something that's gonna push you, that's going to force you to look at yourself, and it's not gonna bullshit you. Like you're gonna see your weaknesses, you're gonna see where you need to improve, and yeah. and all that, but you're gonna do something you can feel proud of, and that, that's why one reason I love jujitsu so much because you don't have to get in a cage and go fight someone, but a jiu-jitsu tournament or you're know, just just rolling you know with guys that are better than you who who are investing time in you and you're investing time in yourself and you got all those things in place like it, I, I don't know how you can be depressed when you're in an environment and you're doing things like that 
Yeah, you definitely can't. And, you know, and I, I'm on the flip side of that. I think everybody should get in the cage at least one time. I think everybody I, should. I do too. But... Yeah, I think you should get punched in the face at least yeah. one time because that lets you know, you know, like, honestly, you're going to either like it or you're not going to like it, you're, you're, yeah. but you're going to learn from it. And that's yeah. the biggest thing. You're going to learn from it because I think a lot of this world that, you know, that's been a big topic of debate lately on, on my social media pages is that, you know, hey, why are these gunfighters, these war fighters that we have, you know, that, you know, are good at shooting and stuff like that. Why are they so opposed to doing actual physical hand-to-hand combat? Well, there's a big reason why they, I think they're, I mean, it's because it exposes, it exposes your insecurities. I think that exposes your weaknesses and stuff like that. And, you know, for a lot of people, like, they just don't want to be exposed in that kind of way, you know? Yeah. Um, and then going with that, you're right. You can't be depressed, like, you know, and, you know, you hear it all, like, I say it all the time, jiu-jitsu saved my life, man, I, I'm not gonna lie, because it's, like, one of the only art forms that you can go 100, for, like, close to 100, 95%, like, full ham, but not worry about getting, you know, uh, broken, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna tap, you know, I'm gonna tap, and that's it, you know, and being a humble, like I said, I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, like I tap, like I tap today to a couple purple belts, you know what I mean? And it, it yeah. it's okay to me, a, a blue belt, you know, yeah. it's okay to me because I live to fight another day. Yeah. And that's what makes me happy, bro. And then yeah. the sweat, let's be real. Let's be real. Like the sweat, like I know, like I know my daughters, I have four daughters, right? Mm-hmm. I know. And they know that their boyfriends or the men's that they want in their life, you know what I mean? That they know that I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But the beautiful thing about it is I have three sons, though. You know, yeah. I have three sons, and my sons, you know, they they got to go through my sons before they get to me. So. Yeah. Maybe it is a, it is a good thing. Like, like you said, like I think everyone should. I mean, what it what it does for me is like it changed the way I uh, even for the first time. You know, after I trained with you guys, I quit training for a few years, sure. and then once I got once I got out of the army, uh, I got back to like a where I could really dedicate. I went back to, and I started training at Tai Kai. I've been training at Tai Kai, you know, probably since 2015 straight. Yeah. And you know that that place has got killers, man. They got some, killers. they got some, as far as I'm concerned, they're the best school in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it changes the way I conduct myself, you know, professionally at work. It changes the, you know, like I'm, you, you know, I'm walking with my shoulders back. I got good posture. I'm not, I'm not aggressive. But I'm not, you know, like I'm very assertive, I guess you would say. I'm not aggressive, but I'm not passive either. Um, right. You know, and I, I have a job, you know, I'm a paramedic. Oh, uh, okay. And so being a paramedic, you know, there, there's always this, uh, they always post these things on Facebook about like paramedics, you know, or about us getting assaulted and about us being victims of assault. And I'm like, I'm not a victim of shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's, no one's going to make me a victim because and it's not just to become a bad, you know, whatever. It's got, I have a, a badass way of thinking about my, myself. Right. Like, there's like, no one's going to make me a victim. No one's going to make me feel low about myself. No one's going to, no one's going to beat me up mentally, physically, you know, unless you train jujitsu. And if you train jujitsu, you're not going to do that to someone anyways. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I think, I think, I think people need that kind of, that kind of stuff in life. And all, in all aspects, we got all these things with like, the, you know, the problems with suicide, the problems with yeah. the, 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 the mental health problem we have. It's because, like most people they never had those like moments like that me and you've had that have given us you know I think I mean it, it trains you mentally and physically but the mental part of it it makes you stronger mentally like you're like I mean we, we used to when you guys used to beat me up like I could have quit I didn't have yeah. to come back the next day like right. I could I could have left but I kept coming back I kept getting better I kept right. getting stronger and then a year later I'm like holy shit I'm actually pretty good at jujitsu now I'm actually yes. pretty good 
you know, and, and it, it, but it, you know, had to go through all these different trials. And most people, even even some of the guys in the military, yeah, they went through basic training. That was probably the toughest thing they did. You know, they go on deployments. They immediately once they get done with that 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 initial part of basic training, we're like, hula, and you know, I'm a soldier. And they say, no, you get back home, and you immediately start going back to like Oreo cookies, yeah. and you immediately start going to the, and you start building that. You really, you immediately light up a cigarette as soon as you get home, and you start yeah. going through, and you, and you go back to just being you again. You don't go, you don't take that opportunity you had to like to be great. That, you know, when you're basic training, you come out, you're in shape. You just went through like 12, 12 weeks of something difficult. You immediately go back to like bad habits. Um, but you know, you train martial arts, you're continually doing something that's positive, and you're continually, you know, pushing yourself, and you're putting yourself through the fire. Like that's that's, that's going to change right. the way like, the way you approach life. That's right. That's right. That's definitely going to change the way you approach life, and it's definitely going to give you a better perspective, a deeper perspective on the meaning of of your. I mean, for me, and and this is just me. I take a, a real spiritual approach to it, man. Like you know, uh, you know, the meaning of my existence, like the purpose of why my body is the way it is. You know, yeah, you know, jujitsu didn't define that, but let's be real. Like the moment you stop doing something. You buy, you start to feel those aches and the pains and stuff like that. But yeah. like you said, you got marks all over your face, you got rash marks down the back of your neck and stuff like that. But you feel good. You know, yeah. then you come, you come back and you come back in the next day and you just keep showing up. People don't yeah. understand. That. Like people just, just don't understand. That, you know. And yeah. so same way, same way you show up for your kids. I mean, like let's be real. I'm gonna do jujitsu for the rest of my life. My kids know that. My family, everybody knows me. Know I'm gonna do jujitsu for the rest of my life. But but, you know, you never stop being a dad. You never stop being, you know, a parent. You never stop being, like, if you're married. Like, I'm not married right now, you know. Like, but guaranteed the next time I do get married, like, that woman's going to have the best parts of me, man. Because, yeah. you know, like, I've already, you know, I've already let a lot of that stuff go, you know. And so, it's wild. Well, well, I definitely see a change, you know. And you were always a good dude. You always took care of us, uh, we, especially all the younger belts when we came in. And you were helping Mark run the school. Um, but there's definitely a difference between who you are now and who you were back then. Obviously, you were still a fighter back then, yeah. and you were still a bachelor. You were still far away from your kids. You know, I follow you on Instagram. Been following you for years. It seems like you're you're a heavier presence in your uh, your children's life. Uh, when I, when I see you interact with people at your uh, jujitsu gym, it's a different kind of interaction. It's not like a, let's see who the best or the, or the savage is, but yeah. it's like a more of like appreciation just for being there. And yeah. being surrounded by people like that, and then I also see the kind of stuff that you're putting, like some of your content. Like I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to do with. I know you're putting out good vibes uh, and, and positive stuff, but where are you at right now? Because it seems like you're in a really good, peaceful place. That uh, you know, I, you know I, I see a lot more with your kid. I see a lot more, like I said, with the jujitsu thing. And like I said, it's not like it's not like you have a competitive type page. It's like it's like a a family, you know. Th- whatever like, like a try like, yeah. like, with your people you know like yeah. and then all these things you're trying to do like you're trying you're, it seems like you're trying to give back um now you're in, the, you're in this part of your life where, you're, like, where it's all about giving back it is it is and thank you for noticing that man i, I really that means a lot to me like for me it's all about growth and it's all about sharing that internal growth and you know like um, you know I, I i went through a long period of not cussing and you know doing all that kind of stuff but to be honest with you like for me I, it's just an it's an expletive it's something that i use and stuff like that but, you know, like, for me, it's all about growth in every single area of your life. You know, um, it's all about growth in, in how, because a lot of us don't know how. And a lot of my circle and the people that are, are that I, are in my, that I've come across and stuff like that, just don't know, the, don't have the right answers. They're just like me looking for answers. And, you know, so I've met some amazing people in my life that, um, that honestly, you know, they didn't have to give me, like, advice 
but throughout my life they did you know they helped steer me into that that passion to to who i am now and so yeah i'd love to give back but one of the things for me josh is i want to be the man that you know that that my kids look up to i want to be my kids hero you know what i mean i want to be my kids that my my brothers and sisters can look you know I want to be the man that my brothers and sisters can look up to and be like, yo, that's my brother. I want them to be something proud of, you know? Um, As kids, we make all these little promises to our, oh, mom, I love you. I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to have to worry about none of that stuff. Like, okay, that's all great. But, you know, I'm a man of my word, bro. Like, I am a man of my word. If I say I'm not going to do something, I'm not going to do it. You know, if I say I'm going to walk with integrity, because, again, we talk about your professional life and your personal life in the military. Uh, one thing we talk about, you know, our values was integrity. But how many of us walked with integrity in all the stuff that we did? You know, right. how many people on social media are totally different than who they are in person? Yeah. You know, like for me, this is exactly what you get. What you see on social media, bro, that's exactly what you get. And I want to maintain that. And I want to stay real about it. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when you talk about content, we put, we put out content. Like, who does it attract? Like it attracts, you know, people that are in the same phase of life, you people that aspire to be in that phase of life with you, you know? Um, And so you just got to surround, I just want to surround myself with better people, more positive people. Look, I've been through negative situations. You know, my ex-wife still hates me and she expresses that often, you know, (laughs) and it's okay. It's okay. You know, but when I talk to her, when I talk to my kids about the other parents, it's never negative, bro. It's never negative because you know what? I'm disrespecting my kids if I talk negative about their parent, you know? Yeah. Now, do they, can I expect her to do the same thing to me? No, but that's not under my control. I right. don't control that. What I control is my attitude and how I come across to the world. Now, my faith, that's one of the things that I, I'm very spiritual. Like I'm very, I'm, I'm a Christian. That's what I do. You know, I talk about that all a lot. Um, parenting. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm the best parent that I, my kids can be, but relationships, healthy legit relationships like that's what i'm trying to get at you know i'm trying to have healthy relationships you know um finances let's talk about finances you know like finances are another thing you know like dude i come from a a lower and when i say lower i'm gonna be lower middle class or upper low class bro you know (laughs) i'm right in that gray area you know And and i get it but what's funny, what, what shocked me, and this is what changed my mindset, like made me rush to get into this. My kids, when they realized where we were at, you know what I mean? Because we always make things good for our kids. You know, we, yeah. always, make, we always make, oh, yeah, don't worry. Like, we'll, we, we work hard. My mom worked very hard to get me what I wanted. But, bro, I didn't know I was broke. You know, my kids didn't know that we were lower middle class until, you know, until later on, like in the high school days and stuff like that. But it's when they realized that, oh, I had to realize, okay, shit, you know, I need to do something different. Yeah. I got three kids in college. You know, I got, you know, um, my son, Isaiah, he's making, I'm I'm teaching him to make great life decisions. So that way he's not screwed over for the next, he's 21, you know what I mean? So like, he's not screwed over until he's 30 and stuff like that. He can have a steady family and stuff like that. My little ones, I, you know, I made all these mistakes with my older kids. So my little ones, you know, so I have four, (laughs) I have four adults and three kids. I have a 16, 13 and an eight year old, you know? So for them, I'm just making sure that they are, they are good. And, you know, writing, learning from all the things that I did wrong. Yeah. And so 
um, last thing, man, as far as the Jinnah, man, like I said, it's a, a, my biggest thing is to give back to the world, man. Yeah. You change, you know, you change, you change the world, one person, one family, one person at a time, you know, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of crazy when you look at, when you look at like our lives and like it, it just it, the people we know, it's, uh, it sucks that it takes this long to get this decent at it. You know what I mean? It's almost like you know we look back when we were going through like the ranks. You know, it's like by the time you figured out how to be a good team leader, they made you a squad leader. By yep. the time you figure, by the time you figure that, that out, they made you a platoon sergeant. And, and that's just the way it is. It's like you never get to be good at being. The, you know, it, you have to wait. You got to wait to see what the uh, the end result is. And yeah. you know, and it's it, you know we're doing good. I think. I think we're we've we've made big big leaps, man. And uh. You know, I'm looking forward to getting a little bit older, you know, and getting a little yeah. bit better at this thing called life, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, it's funny. I was reading a lot of books. And so what, that's another thing that, you know, I, I picked up reading. Um, Like one of my buddies, he, he was former Ranger guy, West Point. He was an officer captain and stuff like that. You know, I looked at him like a mentor. You know, he, he's like a mentor to me. But, you know, he's like Marcus. He kind of hit me in the face, man. Like legit. Like made me request. He made me question some of my decisions. He's like, look. He said, you know, Marcus, you can feed your ego or you can feed your family. But you can't do both. Yeah. Like some of them. Yeah, it's a kick. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Bro, I don't like that at all, man. Like I had to go back and look in the mirror and be like, what what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> why would you say that to me? And so then I'm like, MMA, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jiu Jitsu, like I want to be a Jiu Jitsu world champion, you know what I mean? Like, oh man. So going out. I don't go out as much, you know, like I, matter of fact, I don't go out. Like I stopped drinking. Well, I challenged myself. Like I challenged myself December 30th of last year. It's like, okay, don't drink for a year. Oof. <laughs> it's what, January 3rd? I'm still going strong. It's been a year, you know what I mean? Yeah. But to be able to, to set a goal and challenge yourself to get to it, that's what I'm looking for, man. Sorry. Yeah. Damn, man, this, this was a fun conversation, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. We should, I mean, honestly, we should legit do this more often, you know, like, yeah, not we should. necessarily on the podcast, but, you know, like, just meet up. It's always great to reconnect, bro. Yeah, obviously, dude. Um, but, damn, dude, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I definitely want to do it again. We definitely should keep in touch, man. And, you know, keep doing the shit you're doing, dude, because that, that stuff motivates me when I look at your uh, Instagram and I see that you're doing good. It reminds me, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the fight, too. You know what I mean? Like this is we gotta do this until it's over, you know. So keep doing, the, keep putting those good vibes out there, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. And I, I love this. You know, like one of the things, Chronicles of Badass Dad. You're right, man. I think that's bad. I think that's awesome, man. I think that's so awesome. And you know, there's a lot of followers, man. I, I have a couple, I've had a couple guys go and you know follow you and stuff like that. But you know, the main thing is there's a lot of fathers that are out there wanting to do, wanting to do the same thing. The fact that you're doing it, I think is is awesome. And that's a form of giving back as well. You know what I mean? Because they hear these people's stories and testaments, bro. You're the man, bro. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. And we'll talk soon, all right? Let's go. We'll see you later, man. Later.